Rosie on the house, every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Come on in, everybody. We, the team of Rosie on the House, are here every Saturday to cover anything and everything having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin. Our first assignment is to fill your heart with the desire, the motivation, and the ambition to get it done, whatever it is around your house. Our second assignment is to pack your brain with the knowledge, the tips, and the tricks of the trade to get it done and get it done Rosie Wright. You can join the conversation at one 767 We're here primarily on Saturday morning live to answer any question you might have about any project, about the maintenance, the repair, the remodeling of your house, home, castle, or cabin. one 767 Hey guys, hey gals, Valentine's Day. We're, we're always ahead of the times here at Rosie on the House. We always try and give you the information you need ahead of time. And we've been talking about it for a couple weeks. You can go to theforeverrose.com and order your Valentine, an actual rose plant that's dipped in 24 karat gold. I started this tradition with Jennifer 20 years ago with a jewelry, with a, a jewelry shop here in town. It was right next door to Mama's Restaurant. And uh, Jennifer now has an entire vase full of a dozen 24-karat gold roses. They're absolutely beautiful. Go to theforeverrose.com. And I tell you what, plug in the coupon HEARTROSY and you'll get a discount off the retail price. So you'll be prepared for Valentine's Day. One of the things we talk about this week, and you'll know that if you're an insider at Rosie on the House and you get the newsletter that's delivered every Thursday, is one of the topics we're being barraged with from everybody all across Arizona is backyard casitas. And we had a couple people. We had the city of Phoenix on, and we had the city of Tempe on, building department, and talked about the fact that many cities now have said the backyard casitas we have forbidden forever are now okay. So I'm bringing in Mr. Bruce Stumbo and Alex Paish from Rosie Wright Design Bill Remodel because they have taken it upon themselves to do a study about what's involved in getting those backyard casitas done. If you're even thinking about a backyard casita, now would be the time and get a free consultation right here on air for your benefit as well as the benefit of every other single person that's listening on the radio this morning. one 767 4348 That's one rosie for you And that's what we are. We are here for you. Bruce, Alex, thanks for carving time out of your Saturday mornings. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah appreciate you. it. So uh, the uh, city councils uh, have a light bulb go on and decide that maybe if we allowed backyard casitas, we might do something to uh, hedge against this housing shortage. Yeah, and I think uh, from from the uh, show that you had, it's caused a little excitement amongst uh, building, you know, planning and zoning departments, but... 
um, it in in theory it makes sense. You know, you you've got backyard casitas now where you can go in. They are not prohibited from being rented. Um, you know, they're people are talking about rental prices and everything else. And I mean, the only way that we're going to deal with that is by having more places for well, people to live. So, um, they, uh, there are rules with it. It's, you know, I think some people hear it and just figure, wow, I can just do whatever I want now. Well, there's still rules, but it did open up the backyard casita or ADU accessory dwelling unit, as they call it in the legislation. Um, to more areas where you wouldn't have been able to before. So, well, you know, one of the problems with older people is they always have stories, and I have a story. Uh, I've been around long enough that uh, uh, these one-acre lots in North Scottsdale, which are now Central Scottsdale, mm-hmm, right. you know, up there around Shea area, <laughs> um, we would have people call us in the remodeling business back in the 70s and 80s and say, I want to build a guest house in the backyard. Well, you can't do that. Well, what can I do? I said, you can build a shed. And then we'll, and then we'll call for a final inspection. Whatever you do with it after that, I, I don't even want to know about it. I can't tell you the number of sheds we built in the backyards uh, because they just were not allowed. You mm-hmm. just you the And, and the, the inspector... Uh, the inspectors got pretty clever. They would come for the final inspection, and they would say, "Now, um, Rosie, these these homeowners know the biggest cooking appliance they can have in this shed is a is is what you used to have in the college dorm room, a two burner uh, warming plate. You know, that's the biggest cooking. Up- oh, they know that. Yes, sir, they know that. <laughs> they absolutely know that, and." Uh... <laughs> All they connected to these uh, high-powered uh, outlets were, of course, kilns. Yeah, 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 yeah. or the welder. That's that's right. for my husband's welder. Uh, it's not for an oven. Yeah. Um, but the city councils have kind of recognized the need for the housing shortage and the dilemma that we're in, and then they came through with the plan that okay, let's let's go ahead and approve what's been getting done for several decades anyway, and boy, that lit the building department on fire. <laughs> yes, it did. Um, they uh, that was a quick change, and that is not normally how things work within Man. that. So, which you know, some of that's for very good reasons. But um, yeah, there there's there's a lot of thought that still needs to go into it, though. Um, and I know that's been the concern, even when we've had some conversations with right. people. They're worried that people just think, "Oh, I'm just gonna." plop a casita in my backyard now that's right and it there's still a lot of planning and preparation that needs to go into it um alex why don't you hit on go, that a little bit go, go yeah. through like the first three or four or five things you've got to consider okay i want to plop i want a casita in my backyard right right well okay yeah exactly i mean first of all after uh, overcoming the initial shock that now it's allowed yeah right <laughs> right wonderful uh, there is, of course, the zoning regulations are always an important uh, consideration. So we always need to check for zoning to see whether it is allowed. While it was opened up for the majority of the lots in Phoenix, it's still something that can have limitations. So that's number one that's very important to take a look at. Um, number two, do I live in a uh, community with an HOA? The HOA might have quite a lot to say about that. So they could always go ahead and say, well, we're not really sure about that. You know, our bylaws do not allow it, and um, so that would be prohibitive. Uh, other than that, um, there's just a few minor, quote unquote, pitfalls uh, that we have to consider. Anything that has to do with grading and drainage of the lot, 
uh, setbacks. Can't, uh, can't cause a grading problem or drainage problem for your neighbor. Exactly. In getting exactly. this, we've still got retention uh, right. guidelines we've got to abide by. Exactly. Uh, floodplain is always an issue. Um, so if there, if the property is in a floodplain, we would need to raise the casita out of the ground by a specific amount. The guest house usually needs electricity, yes. fresh water, yep. and a sewer line. And a sewer line. People so all appreciate of these, those things. <laughs> yeah. They would need to be brought in. Yeah. And um, other than that, I mean, then it's really only about uh, how, where do I place it? How do I place it properly? Because it's also dependent on the use that I want to have. So if it's something that, let's say, my aging parents are going to be living in, that's different than something where I'm going to be just housing guests for, you know, for a day or two, mm-hmm. right? Big difference. Yes. Big difference. What size casitas are we being asked to look at? Uh, well, uh, typically we look at four to 700 square yeah. feet, but they can go as high up as 1,000, 1,100, 1,200 square feet. This is essentially a full-blown house. It depends really on the size of the lot. Uh, you can only have a certain amount uh, or a certain amount of square footage for the casita as a percentage of the main house and as a percentage of uh, the total lot coverage. So there's a couple of factors that factor into that, but typically four to 700 is always a good one. That's just about anything from like a smaller shop to a smaller apartment. Yeah, 400 square feet is just about the size of your average two-car garage. Yes. Mm-hmm. So back your two cars out. Back out all your boxes and everything else, and then just start taping off inside the two-car <laughs> right. garage what you think you want done. Mm-hmm. And by the time you get a little bitty bathroom, a little bitty closet, a little bitty sitting area, and just one five-foot kitchenette cabinet, mm-hmm. uh, now you're down to a queen-size bed. Yep. At maybe a twin. Yep. <laughs> it, is, it is a tight space, but you know when people who are looking for those is typically um, – they they're not looking for it to be this big grand thing where someone's going to be hanging That's out right. all the time or it's a budget thing um it's you know work like this is not cheap so um sometimes it is a budgetary restriction but it's but it's needed so much that that's what they're going to work with so i would tell people from from just my subjective analysis 400 square foot will give you a nice comfortable secondary office mm-hmm. yep. detached office or weekend guest quarters mm-hmm. yep. um, but you really need to be thinking something in the neighborhood of about that 700 range if it's if it's somebody that's going to be there renting for the winter mm-hmm. or if you're moving somebody in even 700 could be a little tight right that's that's correct. I mean, when you look at in the 750 to 900 square foot range, that's when you can start thinking about having someone live there comfortably for a longer period of time. Because that's a one bedroom yeah. with a smallish living area. Yeah. I think the, the first house uh, lived in after my wife and I got married was somewhere on 900 square feet. And according to her, it was the size of a closet. So <laughs> I thought it was fine. Was that thousand out in Yucca Valley? Yucca California. Valley. Oh. That was a cool little house though. Yes, it was up in the boulders. <laughs> yeah. And, but yeah, if you ask her about it, it was the world's smallest house ever. Well, it was, <laughs> it was shaped peculiar. <laughs> it was an interesting house. It was, it really was. Um, so casitas, uh, a lot of talk, I think a lot of people have the impression, well, I'm just going to drop a shed back there. I'm mm-hmm. just going to crane a shed into the backyard. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, that is something that would, or they already did that. <laughs> hey, I've got this old shed that's been here since 1952. Can you turn it into my guest house, that, please? That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately the answer is usually no, we can't, um, you know, this code has changed so much over the years and, um, a lot of those structures because they were sheds or a little shop were not particularly built well. Um, I mean, some of these things have wood posts going down below grade, and termites have been chomping on them since 1952. So We're here with the team from Rosie Wright Design Bill Remodel, Alex Paish and Bruce Stumbo, talking about backyard casitas. You can join the conversation by dialing one 767 4348. More when we get back. The sun will be out tomorrow. For now, I'll be in the casino. And I wouldn't want to be in casino. The clouds are parting. Like we were talking in the outdoor living hour last hour, my garden has registered almost three inches since January 1st. Woo! Man, oh man. That's fun. How delicious. McDowell Mountains are already turning into a green carpet. Someone who drove to Tucson the other day says it's already a green carpet from Ahwatukee to Marana. So it could be a beautiful spring uh, blossom season for sure. Gotta love this rain. Ski season for me opens on Monday. (laughs) We're here this morning with the team from Rosie Wright Design Bill Remodel, Bruce Stumbo and Alex Paish, and we're talking in particular this hour today, answering any questions and trying to get the information out there on backyard casitas, which has become a huge topic in the world of residential remodeling across the entire state of Arizona in the last six months. When... It was really about 2014 or 2015. Um, I can remember a huge surge in requests that people were calling us at the remodeling company and saying, Rosie, I want you to come walk my property and assess how best can I move mom and dad back home. Or the college graduate, how can I? And we, we were looking at one of about three different things. All right, let's take a look in that three-bedroom, two-bath house. Let's take a look at those two hall bedrooms. Can we take out that non-load-bearing wall, make it one suite? Do we, do we ask them across the hall to use the bathroom, or do we push a bathroom off to the side or the front of the uh, two bedrooms and create a mother-in-law suite in the existing house? That was done lots of times. Uh, There's a lot about that that makes it kind of simple, but it does change your home from a three-bedroom, two-bath to a Mm two-bedroom, you know. Um, The other thing we would look at is, okay, backyard casitas. But we were so limited back then about the neighborhoods that would allow that. Don't even get me started on the historic neighborhoods. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even get me started down there. Uh, But this has been a growing trend over the last decade of 
people coming back, multi-generational housing. Some of the merchant, I call them merchant builders, the big builders, have specifically designed multi-generational housing, entire subdivision, to accommodate the demand for this type of living. You're from Croatia. That's right. I mean, I mean, this is the way we live in Europe, right? My, my mom, dad, close, everybody's, if, if they're not under your roof, they're right next door, right? No, this would be a dream come true. Yeah. <laughs> Such a lot, yeah. I mean, it is a multi-generational thing, and I think that's good that it's making a comeback. It is. Build more communities and uh, strengthen that core family. So uh, these laws, I think, are really, really propping that up. And that's maybe, I don't know if that was an intended consequence, but it is one that really is going to... Help. Well, I think I, I have gotten phone calls, not from people who have called Rosie Wright, but from people who have called other people. And they're, they're so irate. We, we, we got it designed. We've had three people bid it. It's five times what we ever dreamed mm-hmm. it could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't think people, they, they think they're going to get that backyard casita built for thirty, forty, or fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and how, uh, how how do we approach that at Rosie Wright? Yeah, so you know, unfortunately, like I kind of mentioned earlier, it additions. I mean, remodeling in general is more expensive than most people are prepared to hear. Um, that's just you always say it's always been that way. Uh, it's always um, been that way. And even when we were playing plumbers 11.75 an hour, <laughs> it was still too expensive back then. Yeah. You you couldn't get a plumber to answer your phone call for that <laughs> no, now. But, no. um, so one of the biggest things is some general pricing. If people call us, we can give them a very basic hey between $425 a square foot to $1,000 plus. And the reason... In per, pe- square per square foot. foot. And people will be like, that's why? A, that's a floor area or wall area? or <laughs> Yeah, it's just kind of all together, but it's livable, you know, floor livable space. square feet um, okay. is gen- a general rule of thumb. And the reason it can be so big is if everything is perfect on your lot and it was really easy to hook up that sewer line and get that water in and the power and we didn't have to upgrade your panel and all that sort of stuff, um, it can be better. But we have a casita we're doing in DC Ranch right now that's in a floodplain and it's a foot and a half higher than the rest of the house, which is not cheap. 36 yards of concrete in a 400 square foot guest yeah. man, that's a... We have built the bunker. Yes, the that was Fort Knox right there. We'll be back with the team from Rosie Wright right after this. Contractor should be on top of things. I'm on top of it, is his response. But he's also on top of 14 jobs at once. Sing the remodeling song. Sing the remodeling song. We can we can handle 14 jobs Sing at once. You just got to have the team for song. it, right? Yep. That's correct. You have the right people. No matter right? how it starts and enough of them. And enough of enough well-trained people. And that's that's our ongoing recruiting tool. I think uh, rumor has it. I saw a few bodies through the office this week that. Uh, We've got a, a, a few more recruits going to be showing up, reporting for duty here soon. Yeah, we've been talking to uh, a couple of folks this week that uh, I think we're I think we're pretty excited about. So 
the growing team at Rosie Wright Design Build Remodel. If you're in the trades and you think you're good enough to work for the perfect remodeling company, we'd love for you to reach out to us at rosywright.com. We're here talking about backyard casitas, which is probably one of the most requested projects we're seeing right now from homeowners who now have heard this story that city council has allowed backyard casitas as they have never allowed it before. And I haven't kept good track or good score on how many cities have adopted this. I all started with Phoenix. Mm -hmm. It did. But I mean, everybody, almost everybody else jumped right on board, didn't they? Yeah. And there's, so Phoenix is kind of the, obviously the big, big guy there. Um, And then, all of them that I'm aware of that haven't passed it yet, it's being talked about. It's being talked so. about. They will, yeah. Okay. So we – go ahead. I was say, something like that passes through Phoenix. It's only a matter of time <laughs> before all the <laughs> other is. cities are going to have to be forced to follow suit. Yeah. Um, because as people are bringing relatives home or aging in place parents, if they can't do it at their Tempe, but they can move over the border – you know, one street into Phoenix and do it there, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Yep. Yeah, I'll people will buy houses potentially knowing that they have that option. And so. that's one thing I was kind of wondering on the back of my mind. I I don't know that it's popular enough that we're going to see or know the final results, but what is that going to do for the resale value later? It should. I mean, <laughs> adding square footage is always, you know, adds value. Um, and... I don't. This isn't going to go away anytime soon. The need, one way or the other, if it's either bringing an aging parent home, or if it's, hey, I've got a bunch of kids. <laughs> well, you could be the aging parent you that could. you're building this yeah. for yeah. yourself, yeah. and you're going to be moving back there, and the kids yep. are going to move into the front house, or a kid, one we of the have, kids' families. Right. We yeah. have actually had that where they come yeah. to us and say, "Hey, I want to build." a casita in my backyard that's actually going to be mine and my children, adult children, you know, daughter and her husband are going to move into what's been my home for years. It's too big for me anymore. We want to keep the family all together. The casita is going to be for me. We've we've seen that already. I think think in that regard, there's a particular group of people, it's the Amish, that have it figured out right. You know, in the Amish family, who inherits the farm? The youngest son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's his obligation to build a dotty house in the backyard for mom and dad. But that's the perfect social security system. Your youngest son is assigned the duty of caring for you the rest of your life. I, I, when, we, when we toured Toronto and uh, St. Jacobs, Canada and that whole country, I thought, that's really pretty ingenious way to do yeah, it. Yeah, it is. And I'm, I'm the oldest. I, I want to put be, that on my little brother. I no, like it. Yeah, you guys, you guys, all you older guys have to move out. And that was the dilemma. We were we were at St. Jacobs, Ontario. And the dilemma was they were losing all of their labor force because the young guys were home taking care of the farm mom and dad. The older guys were all the tradespeople, but they couldn't afford any of the property. They were moving an hour east, wow. west, you know. Yeah. It was a very interesting uh dilemma but on these on these homes whether you're building it for yourself to move into to allow your family to have the bigger home whether you're doing it for your uh parents and we were talking about size um we're hardly designing one of these anymore where we're not trying to incorporate some universal design but that 
that dick takes size. It does. Um, we were chatting about it a little bit. And, and for the people who don't know, when you hear universal design, that's kind of what typically was referred to as like ADA standards. So the wording has just changed a little bit. Um, so that's, you know, making sure doors are wide enough to get a wheelchair through or um, bathrooms, bathrooms and showers right. with zero entry. And um, the smaller the casita is, the tougher it is to meet those written standards. But you can still plan it out with that in mind and at least get as much of it as possible. Yes. Well, Alex, uh, how, how does someone even get started brainstorming all this? Well, that's a good point. I mean, there is There's always, so much to think about. There, There is. So with a certified professional, with a designer uh, who knows this all, it would be best to go ahead and, and uh, approach what's called a feasibility study. So with that, I can actually just then go ahead and say, well, what am I actually allowed to build on here? Where does it make sense? How big does it get to be? And uh, even potentially a, a, a preliminary floor plan or elevations and how do I make it fit with my existing house, with the landscape, uh, what are the setbacks? So all of this can be answered typically in a feasibility study that is not a full-blown, uh, I go to a designer and ask them to draw up a set of plans that then will be kicked back by the city because they do not adhere to the standard. So this is all the fact-finding mission. And that typically with a good builder will also allow you to have a budget range or at least like a uh, some expectations in terms of budget. We think well. it'll fit. We, we've our, our research says it'll fit in this corner. Right. It's going to be shaped like this. From what I've heard, we're going to need about 620 square feet. This is how the hardscape's going to tie into the patio covers and the landscaping. And here's where they're going to park. And it's all just kind of preliminary sketches. But it takes you to that first step without a major Mm-hmm. financial obligation mm-hmm. that's correct yes. it's all the research and the due diligence to brainstorm the idea yeah right yeah and in that feasibility study there's some interesting numbers in our article that went out this week ahead of the broadcast that we published that kind of gives people a preview about what we're talking about in saturday's broadcast and it talks about size restrictions like if your home is on a ten thousand square foot lot yeah, so yeah. you've got so the so we're talking city of Phoenix, but the rules that they've set is for lots up to ten thousand square feet in area, the maximum size of the ADU, the casita, is a thousand square feet, and then there's some other uh, ADU can never exceed seventy five percent of the floor area of the house that exists there. Right. Um, and so then, if I got a thousand square foot home. My casita can't be any bigger than seventy five hundred square feet. Seven hundred fifty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I put an extra zero in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there are restrictions there. Um, and then now, larger lots over ten thousand square feet. If you have a big enough house um, and you don't break that seventy five percent, you can go all the way up to three thousand square feet, which is quite a nice size house. So, bigger than mine. <laughs> bigger than mine too. So, um, there's no- now. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, lot restrictions as well. Um, so depending on the entire lot size, you may not be able to reach the thousand square feet. You may not be even to be able to reach the setbacks. Yeah. Exactly. Easements and so on. Yeah. So let's say I am looking at this and the house is a thousand square feet. The max I can go is 750, but I want more than that. Can I go up? In general, yes. There are maximum roof height restrictions, but I believe that uh, 
you can go so in general they can't exceed 15 feet is that a high enough for a two-story home with a flat roof because is it <laughs> is it the, you know the top plate is that the 15 feet or is it the roof ridge the, 15 it's, it's feet? A, the top plate in fact is the 15 feet and typically it's not enough but they will make exceptions so if you already have a two-story house on your property uh the city will with, with with a specific amendment, allow for a two story addition as well, or two story casita. So that is something that is a, uh, a discussion with the city. Yeah, there there's a permit that you can get that will allow you to go above that. You won't always get it, but you can try at least. Okay, right. be it a guy that never throws away rubber bands, <laughs> and just just last night I replaced a faucet at my house that was sixty two years old. We got all the use out of that faucet we were going to get. I finally, uh, I'm thinking, why can't I just buy a, a shipping container and drop mm. it in my backyard? And then on the weekends, I'll run the electric and the plumbing and the insulation to it. Well, you could, just, but. I just want to drop right. something back yeah. there and get her done. It, uh, this all requires permitting, um, of course. And it does not allow for to just kind of grandfather in unpermitted structures. Um, you would have to go through the process and take a look at it. And when it comes down to it, there actually are ways to use shipping containers there to is. build yeah. stuff. Oh, but it, it's a big trick. Yeah, it is. but it's it, ugly. But it, it's a big yeah, trend. It, it, you have to do a lot of work to make it look nice. <laughs> but um, and then you've spent just as much money as if you had just built something traditionally. Yeah. But, um, there are all kinds of stuff that people don't think about with these where if you just have something you turn it into, you just plop something back there. Most of these sheds do not meet engineering requirements for a house that you're going to live in. They don't meet wind shear requirements and all sorts of, I won't get yeah. into all the boring details, but that's there's why, a whole that's why lot you of do stuff. a feasibility exactly. to talk through yeah, all this. Exactly. Yeah. And one of the things that people often, even with prefab, or even if you were to plop a container on there, you still need a concrete pad. Yeah. So you still need the utilities. And you, and it utilities. needs to be insulated. You need a window in there. There's right, a couple so. things. On, and and, and on, on the topic of dropping something in the backyard, if you're even thinking about it, I can tell you at Rosie on the House, we do have urban shed concepts. And they do have a modular unit that will fit a lot of areas. So you can take a look at it like that. But the ripple effect of this uh, – uh, in my in my dreams, I'm an APS supply engineer, and I've built this subdivision that was done 50 years ago for this many 100 amp electrical service panels. Now all of them that are going to go casitas need a 200 amp mm-hmm. that then needs to feed another hundred. At what point, as my infrastructure being overburdened? When's APS throwing new transformers in the neighborhood and bringing in bigger lines and the water pressure from the city? Yeah. What about all that? Mm. It's certainly a consideration. Um, I'm mostly joking here, but, you know, that's their problem, not mine. (laughs) (laughs) And on question on that, are you just extending the utilities from the home or are you setting a separate – uh, meter on this home and a separate water meter, so you know their utilities. If it's uh, you know, are separate from the main house. No, it it is almost always connected from the home. It okay. is nearly impossible to get a second meter on a property now. So you would have to calculate. You know, you'd have to figure out how you're going to share yep. the utilities. Yeah, you have to right. do you know water fixture, plumbing fixture calculations and stuff to make sure. In a lot of times when we're adding a casita. 
we are, especially if it's an older home. That, yeah. that water line that feeds that house, if you're lucky, is a three quarter inch line. If you're which, lucky, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. which you won't you won't find a water. And if line it was installed three quarter inch sixty years ago, it, yeah, it's, it's not only about, anymore. It's about three eighths right <laughs> yeah. now. There, there's so much buildup inside that thing. Yeah. So, to, and that's part of those costs that do go up. But that's why these feasibilities are important because during that process, we figure out okay. We've got to up you to a one and a half inch water line, and we have to. And that that's that's more than it sounds because that's a new water meter. It is, which it is. has all new development fees associated with buying it from the city. Yep, yep. And it's power. a trickle effect. Power, get it, get it water. Yep, <laughs> we, we got it. We were ignoring it. <laughs> and one final point I wanted to make before we uh, went off of alternatives to a conventional build where we're talking to Connex boxes. Uh, you can order them. They come in a box and, you know, mm-hmm. they pop out and retract and everything. Um, when you're looking at financing or resale value, a lot of people in the lending, you know, those unconventional methods, they scare off a lot of they lenders. Do. Yeah. Do. Yep. Yeah. They're, you know, they're, they have some pretty strict guidelines and it's, the vast majority of it is written for traditionally constructed structures. So you put something funky in front of them, yeah, and they might go running for the hills. Not only them, but then if you need servicemen out to work on it, they're like, yeah. I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'll put a tap in your toe, a skip in your walk, a sparkle in your eye, just like this gorgeous Arizona Saturday morning right here at Rosie on the House, where in the past hour we've been addressing one of the topics that we've been inundated with questions about for the last six weeks, backyard casitas. So to address it, we brought in the experts who have been doing the research on it, Mr. Bruce Stumbo and Alex Paish. From Rosie Wright Design Build Remodel. And again, I always am appreciative. I, I give up every Saturday. I appreciate you guys giving up your Saturday this morning. So thanks oh, a million. To. Yeah, very happy to. All right. We talked a little bit about the right place to start because most homeowners have no clue how many questions have to be answered before you can even start the design process. So we mentioned we feel the right place to start is a feasibility study. It's a very first step to brainstorm this mm-hmm. on your property to fit the demands of your home and the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. What do I get in a feasibility study? So typically it's kind of what Alex said earlier. It's the preliminary research that you know someone in our office is looking, all right, let's double check the zoning. Let's double check the setbacks. Let's make a call to the city. Um, let's do those calculations on your existing house. How big can this be? Where is it going to fit on your lot? Um, what do your current utilities look like? Some research into, okay, this is what they got going on. What are we going to have to do to bring it into the new one? Um, and some fun stuff too. Um, you know, Alex will oftentimes on the projects he's working on, they'll get a preliminary floor plan in a couple of discussions to just make sure that's, you know, in the right direction of what they're looking for. It's not the final finished product from a floor plan but and they'll get some what we call elevations which for people who don't know 
that's you know where you would see drawings of what it's actually going to look like the walls and maybe even a couple of interior things so this is not like a permit ready plan set that's a whole nother level that that's you have to get step, in. Right? that is that's the next step but um, this feasibility it just it really helps people from getting too far in because a lot of people will go to someone and they're in that process to go to permit ready stuff before they ever even know how much this thing's actually yeah. going to cost them. And you mentioned it earlier, Rosie. We Unfortunately, we have people who come to us. Too late. And it's too late. You know, they they have this permit, sometimes even have a permit for this, you know, Taj Mahal in the backyard, and they never were getting, given guidance along the way on, hey, do you have any idea what this is going to take, um, you know, out of your pocketbook to build? So. There's and- a- Access to the backyard, I would have to imagine, is a pretty big thing because it is. You know, you've you've got to be able to get back there to bring those materials there. Mm-hmm. If you've got narrow spots and yeah. you're craning it over the roof of the house, that's that's a added expense. Yeah, we had I had yep. someone that I put together some very preliminary stuff a month or so ago, and they were <laughs> a backyard that basically everything was going to either have to get craned in or. People were going to have to take stuff from the front to the back, and when I talked pricing, I just said, you know, hey, there, this is more because there, this was built, and you cannot get into your backyard. <laughs> and we, we need to shoehorn everything in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and a lot of the materials you can't just take in the front door and go through the back. You know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> now, you mentioned this is allowed in the city of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Now, what about? Uh, other restrictions are CCNRs, HOAs. I mean, are there? Do yeah. they still have authority to be like, uh, yeah, the city says okay, but we're the HOA and nanny nanny boo boo. No. <laughs> well, you said it way better than I could, but that's exactly <laughs> what it's uh, what it's about. Uh, there's HOAs that are fairly restrictive, and they get the final say in what we get to do. And the ones that will allow it, uh, that will allow casitas, do ask us to abide and play by their rules. So we have uh, the bylaws and the architectural guidelines. So most often in HOA-restricted communities, we have a casita that will look almost exactly like the existing house. Sometimes we'll even have to attach it with a portico, which is a covered outdoor space, to an existing house to make it look seamless. So that's something definitely to expect. They will not allow someone just dropping a container in there and calling it good. This is not what's going to happen in HOA requirements. And I have no idea how much this would add to the cost, but you know, we've got plans to build one of ours, and I, I know I will forever hate myself if I build it without building a basement underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> now you're, you're going you're, a whole new yeah, level. Yeah. You're, you're also going to hate the checks that you write, but... <laughs> I don't I'm, mind digging. I can do the digging. How, how would a homeowner that wants to explore this idea get a hold of us at Rosie Wright to talk about the feasibility study? Yeah, take a look at our website, rosywright.com, or give us a call, 480-248-8699. Um, either one of those. or Leave a message. We'll ring you back yep. on Monday. Yeah, we don't have people there on Saturday, but someone will get back to you. Rosie and you also have a showroom that people can schedule we to do. come out. We do. You can come by uh, 6949 East Shea.